Welcome to Female 30 to 55. I'm Sandy. I'm former. And we are besties who have known each other for years and decided we wanted to give you an insight into our brains. And we Sorry have about that. <laughs> it's like, why is she apologizing? No apologies made for opinions. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are on... We're on episode seven. Oh my God, it's been ages. Yeah. Um, we've also disappeared for ages. We'll tell you about the episode, but just for a quick sec. It's been a while since we did our last episode. It's been almost three weeks, right? Purna, I yeah. can't remember. Yep. And that's because it was uh, Purna's birthday. Yay. She was traveling. And it's also because me, Sandy, I'm working on a theater show at the moment. And it opens on Thursday, the 1st of October in Auckland. So come and watch the show. It's a tapak. It's called Yatra. Plug, plug, plug. Yes. Um, but yes, I've been busy doing that. So we haven't really had the chance to sit down. But hey, this is it. This is us. This episode. Well, let me tell you the name of the episode. The name of the episode is Television Raised Me. And we love it so much that we decided that this was going to be one of those two-parters that you really don't think should be a two-parter, but the people who made it are like, no, no, let's stretch this out because it's amazing. We do Um, come from the land of Peter Jackson. That's all I'm saying on that. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like every single film was like the last one in the series was made into a two-parter. Yeah. Like Twilight? Why? Even Harry Potter from Memory was a two-parter. The seventh one was two movies. Yeah. Um, and what we are also hinting at is this will be, this topic will be our last topic for this season. So television raised me. And what we are talking about is, you know, how pop culture has influenced our lives. And I mean, you've heard so much about Purna and I and all the references we make. And if you know us at all, you know that we're absolute nerds. So we're really excited to bring you this. So television raised me. Yes. Let's yes. talk about your nanny, X-Files. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So tell scary me. nanny. Scary, very, very scary, scary nanny. Taught me not to trust the government, nanny. So, okay. okay. Look, the reason why I wanted to do this episode is because like, our whole friendship is based on all the TV and movies we watch. Texting each other going, have you seen this yet? What's wrong with you? So I thought, why don't we talk about the things that we watched and read growing up and by growing up, I mean last week, yeah. that impacted us and made us the fabulous human beings we are today. Yeah? Yeah, yeah? Uh, yeah. Puna, have you seen Fleabag yet? Wow, calling me out like this, like, huh? Straight In up, real I just time. Wanna, I just want to put it out there. <laughs> In real time. I will. We will have this conversation again and again. <laughs> I will. I've just been watching The Office for the 10,000th time, all right? I've been busy. God. <laughs> All right, so The X-Files, my sister, my older sister um, used to watch it because she was four years older than me and uh, she loved lording it over me like, no, I can watch it, but you'll be too scared for it. Anyway, so she went and got a book about the making of season three. And of course, you can read a book any old time. Like no one can stop you from reading a book. So, and they can, but it, it was harder. Anyway, so I read the book and I fell in love before even watching an episode. I didn't know there was an X-Files. Yeah, well, so they used to do these things where they used to have this one journalist follow them along for a season. Um, and I loved it. So I read the book 
about the making of season three. And I was like, this is the greatest. And then I started watching it and it used to come on, I think, Star Plus in India after 10 p.m. on some night during the week. And I would lie to my parents and sneak back out of my room to watch it at night. And then I used to be really afraid and have to sleep with the light on. Mm. So that was the auspicious start. But then I was enthralled. I was in love. I wanted to be Fox Mulder when I grew up. Not Dana Scully, even though her style is still my style. I, I used to wear pajama pants and like part my hair on the left and I'd be like yeah I'm totally wearing your pants but I wanted to be Fox Mulder because precisely because I am not Fox Mulder in the sense that I I I admired the faith that he had in things I don't have faith in anything okay like I (laughs) I really don't whereas this guy was just like like I I actually think this is a werewolf and people would be like are you high and he'd be like yes I think it's a werewolf and he'd have the faith, he'd have the courage of his conviction. And that was appealing to me as a child. Plus, he was always right. That is very attractive to me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So tell me about the pantsuits though. Like, cause you're saying that you like pantsuits, but I very rarely see you in pantsuits. Yeah. So, So explain that to me. Well, I work for nonprofits, bro. I don't get paid enough to buy like beautifully tailored pantsuits. So with Dana Scully, like so much has been written and said about how she was this great role model for girls and the creator of the X-Files wanted to make the female agent the scientific, practical person and not the woo, I have my womanly instinct about this case bullshit. Although that's not bullshit. Anyway, as a child, I loved the way she conducted herself. And that was, she always knew what she was talking about. Mm. And the outfits to me, it was really, I really loved seeing a woman on TV dress beautifully, but it was like a suit of armor for her. Like it was about building up this reputation of being a professional. And to me, that was really, really attractive. Even as a child, when I didn't know how to articulate this and yeah, I don't wear pantsuits, but I... I'm always wearing as, as far as I can with this hips and this booty, honey, is to like wear tailored dresses. Mm. And I love a good jacket. I love a good yeah. jacket. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my, my parents decided to get me an off the shelf pantsuit for my 13th birthday. It fit awfully, <laughs> but I loved it. Like this green blazer nice and pants I can't remember what color the pants were but they were awful like it made me it was like it, it went out for yeah. some and my boobs hadn't come into their own yet yeah I looked really bad but it was like I kept that jacket for so and also there's something to do with I totally get that suit of armor like working woman wears yeah. power suit and every time you see the power woman she's yeah. always in like this pantsuit and yeah I obviously not from Dana Scully, but from that, also yeah. that pantsuit, like fascination. I don't, I mean, I have worn many pants with blazers, mm. but uh, I, I, I think we should 
both for our 40th get like that should be our goal yeah yeah might as well that reminds me actually I remember and you had this as your Facebook profile for a while the photo of you and your younger sister and you were wearing this really beautiful light blue top and yep. it had a peplum waist yeah oh chef I still have it I love yeah. it love yeah yeah but it's actually too pretty to be a work top yeah so I but don't the- wear it that's your perfect work to going out after work top. Yeah. It is losing some of the, like, there's like gold on the shoulder, like gold yeah. loose, like, buttons. It's losing some. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, it's been a oh, while. Yeah. Seven years or something. Was that the Mumbai monologues one? The guy. Yeah. And so for those of you who don't know, Mumbai monologues was a, a show that Prayas and Agar and Productions, two uh, theatre houses in Auckland did perform for the Auckland Pride Festival. Yeah, in 2014, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, pantsuits, eh? You said that X-Files also had a, a profound impact on your relationships. It did. Now, this is this is so nerdy. But I mean, come on. Yeah. For me, watching the X-Files is an impressionable child. I loved the back and forth between Scully and Mulder and they were like it was just like intellectual jousting which sounds super wanky (laughs) but yeah (laughs) and it's true it's true you know they they would talk about their case they would present their points of view to each other they tease each other you know and it was all it was all towards a big a bigger cause right like towards saving someone or like solving the case or like you know is it aliens um and that had such a profound impact on me as a child because I was like I want that I want to be with a person who I'm just like German expressionism thoughts but but that was me as a 12 year old right like now me and my husband our conversations are hey look at this cute animal and like finding photos of unlikely animal friendships to show each other and like make each other feel sad. But I think um, we all kind of aspire to, I mean, like not all so who have grown up on these things. We aspire to that as impressionable children because we yeah. don't know any better. Right. Yeah. But because I realized that even though, you know, that whole like, oh, I'm, I'm a sapiosexual. I'm attracted to intellectual people. Intellectual people can be so wanky. Oh my God. Tell me about it. That I, now I find joy in discussing mundane things, actually. Because you, you know what? When I need an intellectual discussion, I can call you. <laughs> well, <laughs> or, and I'll make fart noises. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. But yeah. first of all, uh, it's also like, oh, I don't care about, German expressionism enough to talk about it for an hour at home. Yeah. You you have to be so situated. Yeah. You know, to have an intellectual discussion. Like I will have it with anybody who wishes, you know, like, but for in a partner, like, I don't feel like I'm happy that like with Sandeep, he has completely different, like, it's not that he's not an intellectual. He just doesn't have the same uh, circle of knowledge as me. And like, I couldn't, we're both interested but we're outside of films and TV shows. So we can listen to each other talk. And I think that was now, <laughs> you know, yeah. now my understanding of what 
an intellectual discussion can be. It's just like yeah. you processing what the other person is telling you, not like for that's that's where it's landed for me. It's like having uh, an open mind and being able to converse with somebody about anything. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Whether yeah. it's like stool, <laughs> because it always is, or TV or okay. electrical engineering. Yeah. You know, well, like... That's I mean, the thing. Like, I mean, you know, and that's thankfully the growth that we all hopefully yeah. go through is that at 13, 14, you're like, no, no, no. My partner has to have like exactly to the T, 100% match on interest. And then the older you get, you realize that conversation is more about, is more than about shouting facts at each other. It's about listening. It's about, you know, asking questions, all of that. So you don't need to be a scholar. Like no one is a scholar, to be honest. Me and Michael, like we have shared interests, but he also cares about silly things like football. And I'm like, that's the inferior sport. Um, <laughs> but then he'll talk you about should, it. Yeah, you should see me trying to watch rugby with Sandeep. I'm sure he wants to like kill me at some point because I'm like, but why? No, I don't understand this. And he's yeah. like, I'm just watching the play. Can you just let me watch the play first? <laughs> like, mm. See, okay. I'm always watching football with Michael going like, but um, why isn't the wicketkeeper wearing pads? Won't it hurt? And he'll be like, ma'am, it's a goalkeeper. You're I'd just be like, because <laughs> you know yeah. why. <laughs> yeah. Well, I claim that Michael's cheating on cricket with football in front of my own eyes. And that cannot stand. You can have other loves, remember? No, no, no. No, 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 no. Uh, but yeah, so that was... The other thing about X-Files that has imprinted on me, I was an argumentative child, grew into an argumentative adult. I always enjoy... To be an argumentative uh, mid-30-year-old. Oh, God. I can't cope. I'm not ready yet, okay? Still argumentative, so you're consistent. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Oh. So that was the other thing. And I think the, the main thing, and this is a really good thing for a child to take away from everything, is that you treat people's opinions with respect, right? Within Crazy. the personal, yeah, within but within a personal relationship context, right? Like hopefully you're not going to get into a personal relationship with someone who you like have diametrically opposing views on human rights because why? Mm -hmm. So you just have patience and you just, you want to know the other person's opinion. And of course, Mulder and Scully were never romantically involved until the very end where they had a magic alien baby. So, you know, I'm hoping that part doesn't come through for me. You don't want to have a magic alien baby? I am the magic alien baby. I don't want another one. Oh, so you're yeah. paired with Dana and Scully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, Dana and Scully, what? Dana and Scully. <laughs> Dana and Fox. Scully and Mulder. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Mm. Because we both grew up on similar um, shows, even though I didn't really, like, my parents didn't allow me to watch X-Files. It was part of the band brigade, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. But eventually, I guess, whatever I started watching, it was always there's, there's this, oh, there's this fun banter. Actually, mm. it brings me to one of your uh, other influences is Jane Austen. Yeah. And I was thinking about this recently. Um, but recently I watched the Jane Austen uh, movie with uh, Matthew McFadden. Yeah, The Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, 2005. 
And I was like, you know what? I'm still like, I will still watch the 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 tennis. Like, I love it, <laughs> but I'm like, it must be so exhausting. Yeah, to actually be that, you know, <laughs> that person, or be in that relationship where you're constantly like, no, I do not agree. I'm just like, please, just agree. <laughs> no, can you imagine? Like, imagine yeah. ordering Uber and you're like jousting over what cuisine every single time and you're yeah. like i just want to eat like pizza i don't want to have an intellectual i don't want to have a discussion about that but that's <laughs> the thing is because that's the i guess the difference between being incompatible and having you know, some people are just basically incompatible right and it's not it's not fun it's not useful it's not peaceful but then you also have other people who like there's a core common bond there which is your mutual love of pizza and then everything else on top is interesting and not like a deal breaker right so yeah um case of sandeep and i our mutual love of kentucky fried chicken i could never share that with my husband because i'm a vegetarian that sucks to be you man (laughs) no look I don't, I don't know, even right. know if KFC is actual chicken, but whatever it is, I will. <laughs> this is one of those conspiracies, you know, it's actually human. I think it's like, what was the pie lady from uh, Sweeney Todd? Yeah, yeah. Could be that. Yeah, well, hey, you know, clearly it has found fans the world over. So that's the 12 secret people that they kill every time. 11. Someone orders a bucket. Well, what about you then? How has TV raised you apart from your wonderful parents? Hi, uncle and auntie. who have done a great job. Who never listened to this anyway. I hope they don't. <laughs> yeah. That would be awful. Yeah, for sure. I bagged them enough. Um, I, yeah, so we, 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 we said that we would uh, like go broader. So I guess I'm going to start with books, which is funny because you're more into the reading. So Purna, for those of you who don't know, is... I imagine that she's always surrounded by piles of books. Like her whole room is books. That's how I, that's how I always imagine it. And yeah, she's turning her camera around to show me that she only has food on the table. No, those are books. Can you see? I can only see I need my space. A, a mug that says I need my space. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I could. I could. I mean, I've seen you. But I imagine that that would be your, like, that would be your ideal home just to live inside a library. Yes. Yeah. Me, not so much, actually. I, mm. I prefer moving pictures. Yeah. Most of the time. But because I grew up with parents who, again, didn't care for us to watch TV a lot. In fact, we had a lot of restrictions. My first um, exposure to pop culture was a book. And um, the ones that I was allowed to read because it was part of the like summer holiday project was, I think at, at, at 10, was Enid Blyton. Like that was yeah. kind of in a button. And um, the ones that I always kind of gravitated towards were the, the stuff that they solve things. And yeah. I think we were having this conversation that after that, everything that I kind of read in my childhood was detective like solved things. So that was um, Enid Blyton's uh, Famous Five, Five Find Outers, Secret Seven. Did she Did you read no. Hardy Boys? Yes. Yes, I, I read Hardy Boys because my cousin uh, had them. And so I just borrowed it off them and read that. Yeah. 
other ones as well. I can't remember, but I've read a lot. And Nancy Drew, I can't remember who, who, who writes Nancy Drew. The same guy who wrote Hardy Boys? Uh, just, I, I'm going to look it up. So, and then, and then it grew from there to Agatha Christie um, and Arthur Conan Doyle. Like yeah. my, my uncle, my mama, my mom's cousin, basically he, he like scared the shit out of me. And he was like, oh, wait till you read this book. It's like so scary. It was The Hound of Baskervilles. It wasn't that scary. No. Tell your mama, not scary at all. Okay. Um, but like he really got me into Sherlock Holmes because like Hound of Baskervilles mm. was the first thing I read. Yeah. And I love that that whole who done it like whether it's a murder or not that mm. investigative like the books or, or storylines mm. really impacted me because I'm like I'm always like looking at everything like it's a who done it yeah in that. and for the last kind of decade my life has been all about um like it, it sounds like a far fetched uh, kind of relationship but it's not it's actually the the whole me, uh, research side of me it's always been about uh, digging into people Ooh, what are their interests yeah. it really does drive me it's great because i'm so curious and so nosy yeah and it's it's a good way of channeling that nosiness because yeah. i couldn't become you know a detective because i'm not that smart i do like playing a good like escape room though yeah um, right there you go or yeah. or like i'm really into puzzles mm. I love those characters. And again, it, it goes, harks back to that so intellectually superior. But at the same time, I was reading Enid Blyton to start with. So they were all kids yeah. you know, going around yeah. and like, um, you know, solving these crimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, Scooby-Doo. Yes. When we were allowed to watch Cartoon Network, because those meddling kids always found the bad guy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course, Poirot is like one of my favorites. I love, I'm a massive Francophile and that all mm. just kind of collided, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, there's something about the mystery and the drawing out of it and like hats off to those writers, okay? Like I try. And it's tough to plot it out, huh? Spectacularly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I watch now, I will watch all shitty, 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 like, terrible murder mysteries but just as a you know like as a comparison it's like what makes it terrible versus what makes it a hound of basketballs you know like i am in awe mm. at all times of writers of thrillers of murder mysteries of like because it blows my mind how yeah. intricate something is yeah because you know we're we're such nerds like i'm always trying to guess who the killer is or yeah who's the thief, or who's the villain in this and i'm just like when I can't, like till the last act, I'm like, what a good mystery. This is amazing. Yeah. I never guessed it. Like, for instance, I'm sorry, I have to, um, Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. Remember how I ruined it for you? Well, I thought Not you already read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Murder on the Orient Express, was that uh, Agatha Christie as well? Yeah. And basically the killer was everybody. Yeah. Like they all had a crack and at yeah. some point he, the person died. They planned um, it together. They did, eh? Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. Not just like one person. No, yeah. had an agenda. They all hated that dude. So they all planned it. It's Poirot. Um, it's funny you say that actually because like my entire family, so my dad. Um, Your dad's young... obsessed with Sherlock Holmes, isn't he? Yeah, Like yeah. I remember giving him a bunch of my books because yeah. I was like, I still will appreciate it. Mm. 
Yeah. So like growing up, all I ever heard was, oh, Arthur Conan Doyle, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't read Sherlock Holmes until very late in my life because that was like forced down my throat and in a fleabag-esque situation, it's not being forced down my throat. I'm not implying that. What I mean is my dad and my, his brother, they were all like, oh, you have to read this. You have to read this. And I'm like, I'm good. Um, happens right like I, yeah. I keep telling people like people ask me oh you're a film student you would have watched this xyz and I was like no I studied it so I actually haven't seen so many films yeah for pleasure like I just yeah. haven't seen Godfather because I feel like I know all the plot points or you know like yeah. I studied every detail of it so I'm like actually I don't care to watch it anymore like yeah you know some some of those like big kind of like oh this is such a text and I, I definitely, you know, to an extent, don't buy into all that, oh, you have to watch it, because those kind of must-see, if you haven't seen this, can you even call yourself a film buff movies, they're all skewed towards a certain demographic, if you know what I mean. And they're all basically the same thing, which is just, they're all men who are ill-equipped to deal with their emotions, acting out in various ways. So, I mean, you can see that once, maybe twice. The third time, you're a bit bored. Well, I am anyway. Um, oh, I didn't even want to see the first time, you know? <laughs> the thing is, like, if something is so, like, intrinsic in pop culture, you're kind of like, mm. you don't want to. Like, you I want to be, you're curious, yeah. 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 It's like, um, <clears throat> not, you know, like, having only watched a remake of something and then needing to watch the original. I'm like, yeah. well, I already know. Yeah. Like, why does Disney need to make all these live action films? Like, what is it? Why should I pay $40 to watch Mulan? Yeah. Seriously. Like something close to that, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay, you have it for life. But I also have the free version for life. Yeah. Why would I want this for life? Like, what is so great about it? Like, I need to know what's so great about it before I buy it for life. That's a commitment. Wow. But you know, I'm not ready for once this. Once you've movie. already seen a version, it's not yeah. like starkly different. Like, when they did Lion King. Yeah. Like, but Why? Scene for scene, it was the same damn thing. Yeah. And then the songs are worse. I'm sorry, but I enjoyed the first one. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. I think it was just like the celeb stacked uh, voice cast. Lee Brecken I hated because he, he like fancies Beyonce. So he's like secretly or just jealous. I mean, we all fancy Beyonce though. Like, come on. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. All Jay-Z. But yeah, so I I guess I was... (laughs) That was my like big sort of all the detective stuff really, really did sort of even now. Mm. I feel you know when we talked about the television in the television episode, which was like five, was it? Yeah, Wait. Four? Four, four. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in our television episode, we were talking about uh, distracted viewing, right? Mm. I'd much rather have a stupid murder mystery playing in the back to most things, actually. Like yeah. Uh, because it's great you know exactly how to follow it what uh, half of the film is over then you're like well I've already met the killer yeah someone. yeah you know like it, yeah I, I love it so much and like I spend a lot of uh, of that uh, of my time watching reading or mm. uh, 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 being part of <laughs> being part of murder mysteries <laughs> or like, uh, like what is this about being part of what Right. I just, uh, you know, like uh, I want somebody to throw a murder mystery patty. Just putting it out there. <laughs> that yeah. I um, no, I don't. I like escape rooms. Yeah. Um, 
clues and solving them and games that involve clues and solving them and like i just love that shit so much so that was one big chunk of reading for me yeah the other big chunk of reading for me was my favorite horror writers so while my parents were telling us not to watch stuff on tv they never said don't read (laughs) poe okay uh here we go and um as a 12 year old it was the first thing i wrote and i was telling you the story the first thing i wrote was a plagiarized version of (laughs) poe's telltale heart and i took to my parents and blessed them they hadn't read the story and they thought i had come up with it yeah and they were like, should we take you somewhere? Like, should we go to... Should we take go you to, to the temple. Take you to the, <laughs> take you to the temple. Um, and so for those of you who don't know, Poe's Telltale Heart. Edgar Allan Poe is a... How do you describe him? Uh, Insane. Father of Gothic horror. Yeah. Well, you know, he's he is the heir to Mary Shelley. There. Okay. Good Good intrigue is the air to Mary Shelley. Yeah, yes. Um, Telltale Heart is part of his like short stories. And basically in that, the story is that uh, a guy accidentally kills a guy. Mm. A guy accidentally kills a guy. As you do, you know, and happens to us. Ashes him yeah. under his house, yeah. under some loose floorboards. Nice. But he's so guilt-ridden that he keeps hearing the guy's heartbeat. And so these two officers come into his house and I can't remember what the, what the context, what the pretext for them coming in was, but it was not to do with anything. That yeah. he but he could hear this heartbeat so loudly. He thought the, that, that the police were there and they could hear him too. Mm. And he just drove him insane. And eventually he just coughed up to the whole, like he just, uh, what's the word? Confesses. Confesses. Yeah. He confesses to the whole thing. And it was just, all of it was in his head. And I was so affected and I wrote, it still makes me crack up. And it was so close to, I think it was called The Beating Heart. It was not even, just like my 12 year old brain was so pleased. And then I took it to my parents and they thought it was an original. And they're like, you're crazy. I had a similar experience, but the reverse of it. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not bagging my parents, but this is what happened. So like my mother tongue is Canada, right? And sad to say, but I've always written in English more mm-hmm. than Canada. Yeah. But when I was eight or nine, I wrote this poem in Canada oh. called My House or My Home. And I was so proud. Like I, I wrote this poem all by myself and I showed it to my parents and my mom didn't believe me. She was just like, nah, you've picked it up from somewhere. And I was like, no, mom, I haven't. And she was like, nah, you couldn't have written this. Aww. Straight up. Yeah. I think my parents kind of believed I was crazy. And like, I haven't let them down, you know. Yeah. So, because yeah. I, do, I do find, and because, and because Poe, and then later on King, Stephen King, are such massive influences for me um, that my writing at the, for those of you interested, Sandy has a blog where she has her stuff from 2010 and every now and then retrospectively i will put up old poetry or old stories just for a laugh really yeah because i was so i can't like cracking up even thinking about it it's like i thought i was so in my heart a goth and so tortured yeah 
did we all want to be tortured when we were like 13? I don't know. I definitely felt so tortured. And my stories and poetry, it was all just like, I'm such a tortured soul. One day I will reach my my peak and then everybody else will be down there at the bottom. This and then or it's about like I wrote this whole poem and this wasn't even that long ago. I have no excuse. Okay, this was probably when I was, I'd say, yeah, late teens, maybe like 18 or 19, I wrote this poem called A Black. And I don't know if you remember it, Purna. And um, it was about how nothingness was my all-encompassing master. <laughs> Love that. I know. I was that. Like, and I read them now. I was like, wow. When you ever have children, if you ever have children, or you come across other teenagers, just remember how you were, okay? Yeah. How you thought that you were the most tortured person (laughs) for no reason. Okay, fine. We had curfews. Fine. You couldn't leave the house, okay? After 10 o'clock, you had to be home. Yeah. What even is the matter with you? Oh my God. You were the prototype for the current anti-lockdown nut jobs. Pretending to be so I just oppressed. about it, okay? I didn't even make any lockdowns. She is so offended. I never, oh I am offended. I know, I'm kidding. I have, sincerely, I have <laughs> never broken rules. Even yeah. though my parents think I'm this rebel, I actually did no such thing. Yeah, I too much trouble. I always found a way. Yeah. And I think this comes from my dad, because he, he's a CA, like he's a chartered accountant. And he always told me there is a difference between tax evasion and tax avoidance. Mm. Evasion is illegal. Avoidance is smart. That's how all the rich people stay rich. Exactly. So uh, me, I'm all about not evasion, but avoidance. Okay. So you remember when we were at uni and because I had to get home by 10 o'clock, I would start drinking at five so that I could catch the 920 bus and be home by 10 o'clock. And sober up by the time you get home. Exactly. Yeah. You, know, you drink from five to eight. After that, you have some food and then you're off you go. Like who Listen, said you have to start drinking at 10? That's where you get your time management skills, honey. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, so please don't lump me into that. This is it was yeah. all just to say I am not. Yeah. But I felt so tortured and, and I'm not even sure if I felt tortured or if I was just performing feeling. Yeah. I think, I think we all go through that phase where you're like, I'm feeling so much. What is wrong? Nothing's wrong. Yeah. And, and I guess with South Asian families, you know, it always comes down to, we don't really talk about anything. No. Like, everything is just, so you have to learn that this is okay or that your hormones are going through something. And, and then on top of that, you have freaking like Rebecca, Casca of Montelado. Like you read Poe <laughs> and, and you're like, torture. My yeah. Is torture. yeah. And King. And King was, Scary F, man. Like, it still is. Oh, God. I mean, so, okay. Speaking of plagiarism, Telugu horror film called Raat. I don't know. Revati is in it. Do you yes. remember? This film? Oh, yeah. It w- you yeah. may not have seen it, but I have. You have? Yeah. Is that the one where the hands come out? Yes, yes. Oh, yes. lordy. Um, yeah. And we wa- I have this vivid memory of watch- us watching it, the three of us, and we can't be any more than 10 at this point. So I'm not sure how we got there, but we were like on our divan and we were sharing a blanket. So for those of you who don't know, I have younger siblings who are twins and the three of us are very close in age. Like we're only like 18 months apart. So we're basically growing up. We're all the same age. And so we've got this blanket and we've got like it up to our sort of eye. And we're all watching this film, which 
freaked us the fuck out. Yeah. And I'm like, how did we watch that? Yes, you're right. So there were hands at one point that came out from the bed. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? And there were hands that came out from the wall. Yeah. So for the longest time, I had this highest stack of pillows. So no hand would get to me. And I never sat against a wall. Even yeah. now, I can't sit against a wall fully and be like, nothing's gonna happen. Yeah. Oh my God. And that cat, it died and kept coming back. I was just like, Don't do this. Come on. Yeah. I mean, when I was young, the only horror slash thriller movie I was allowed to watch mainly because my parents watched it and they thought it was so nice they let everyone watch it and um, listen um it sounds like I'm bagging my parents out all the time they're amazing people and I love them to pieces it was just different in India in the 90s all right so this was this Canada movie and it's spectacular and I really wish you could watch it because you'd love it right well I could watch it with subtitles also oh. I've seen Tamil and Telugu films without subtitles so if it's yeah. a film I'll so just you'll it. give it a shot so it's this thing called Idu Sadhya and it means this is also possible and this is very topical it's about a drama company um, and they're practicing and they're rehearsing late at night and one of the cast is in the hospital because he's unwell. So the two main actresses, they go to visit the guy in the hospital and they're walking past the psych ward, right? Very anti-mental health message here, but you know, we'll ignore that for a second. But they're walking past the psych ward and they see this guy chained to the bed. And they're like, oh, you know, he's, he's had a mental break and he is, he's having violent tendencies. Anyway, and so they laugh about it. They're like, you know, he, he basically looked like a loser chained up to the bed. And so, of course, he hears it. And so he escapes from the hospital and follows them back to the theater where they're rehearsing. Oh, shit. And over the course of one night, they... they and over the course of one night, he kills most of the drama uh, troupe. And, Why would uh, you tell me the story when I'm not in production week, like in two weeks time? What a psycho. <laughs> because you're, oh, not, okay. you're not an ableist and you wouldn't make fun of no. someone having mental health issues, so you're safe. Thank God. Um, by <laughs> the way, it was, psycho. Um, we have to talk about psycho and how we can't yes. shower with our oh back. How can I forget Hitchcock? I was, just, um, I was just about to tell you, I found... Nancy Drew was written under the pseudonym Caroline, Carolyn Keene. That's all I can see. Yeah, I don't know whose pseudonym it was. But anyway, just, just quickly going back to um, King and Poe, uh, my favorite all-time Poe story is Casca Vamantelado. Because I love how it opens. And I, and I share that opening all the time. And everybody's like, what is wrong with you? And, um, and it, that is also about somebody who is like sticking somebody in a wall alive. Have you watched the Hindi film called 100 Days? Okay, I'll tell you about it later. But so I find like, so now I've watched these things and now I'm, I can find everything like repeated in motifs. Like we were allowed to watch 100 Days because eventually it came out around like maybe the late 90s. So we're old enough at this point to start like viewing these things. And then my other favorite is The Fall of the House of Usher. Again, yeah. where a brother... He gives his sister a burial, but she's alive. God damn it. I know. That's like, my worst nightmare. 
it is though, right? But did you know, apparently, and I learned this from watching the a new horror, new-ish horror film called The Nun, mm. that they used to have these bells because often it would just be like, because yeah. now we know that some people can have, where they look dead, but they aren't. And you yeah. have to yeah. give it a certain amount of time or whatever. Yeah. But back then, because sometimes people were not dead, so they yeah. used to have little bell that oh, is really? the um i know that is the thought to be the inspiration for people writing about vampires people thought you were dead in medieval times and then they'd bury you and then that night you'd bring your way out because like of course a lot of poor people back in the day couldn't afford caskets and all of that so they'd be buried on top of each other so it was easy enough for them to crawl out of the ground and i'm gonna spook myself the f out so i'm just gonna yeah. let, let, let me just say it's so it's crazy that now i have a rule no living next to cemeteries within blocks like no thank you like yeah. i don't know what i believe um i definitely don't want to try my luck <laughs> well, that's it, right? like just be safe for god's sake yeah it's like don't walk into a room if there's no light i will not do it yeah I will, even in my own house where I know everything is fine. Yeah. I know I can get to places without looking. I will yeah. still like reach my hand in and first turn the light on. And yeah. then I don't care what time of day it is. Yeah. <laughs> I won't do it. Yeah. Um, and this is, yeah. And this is like a massive horror fan, but not the kind of fan who will put themselves in those situations. Like yeah. I won't go to a haunted house. And then split up once you get there. Do you want to die? Because there are quicker ways of arranging that. Yeah, I mean, like when I was in London, my friend tried to take me. There was this thing called London Dungeons. So I went. I was like, yeah, of course, I'm going to have a look. But there's one part where you basically have to walk in through what looks like a freezer. It's dark. And there's like apparently like hands come at you. And so I'm like, no, no, don't want to do that. There are not enough diapers in the world. Thank you. Yeah. Funnily Um, enough, I have a hysterical haunted house story that I'll quickly share because please okay. I would have been like 20 mm. um anyway so I went back to India uh, for a holiday in 2007 and my younger cousin who is lovely um anyway so I'd taken him out for lunch in a movie one day in a shopping mall in Bangalore and there was a haunted house in the shopping mall because Indians are insane like that and he was like, oh, you know, last year when Sushma, my older sister, had come to India for a holiday, uh, we went there and it was fun. And I was like, that's it. I have to go now because I am not about to be insulted like this. So I'm 20, which means my younger cousin was 12. We go in mm. and the door shuts and it's dark. And then my brain comes back online and it's like uh, WTF corner. I freaked so hard and I was like, okay, Akash, we've got to go back. We've got to go back. And Akash was like laughing his head off this 12-year-old, you know, much respect for his elders. Um, and he's like, no, 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 hold my hand and we'll get through this. This child is like, I don't want to hold your hand. I just want to get out of here. <laughs> and then, so I make it through and I'm like literally shitting my pants right now. And I like, we make it through. And towards the end, there was this, and there's no polite way of putting this. There was a midget. He Why? Had, I don't know. And there was, there was a midget and there was a man, you know, with crazy eyes. And he was sitting on like, you know, those 
old like bamboo beds in India that used to be outside. Yeah, yeah, charpoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like tied to the charpoy, like because he's clearly insane, and he's like banging on the uh, the edges of the charpoy, trying to like break himself free and come out. I no, I'm not. <laughs> and like, and this guy, and I was freaking out. And this 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 midget, um, he touched my leg or whatever, and I screamed. Did and you? Like, I would have kicked him. Yeah, and I screamed and I like ran the other side. And my younger cousin, he tried to fight the midget. <laughs> so Akash, if you're listening to this, you know, like, thank you for protecting your useless older sister or cousin. Um, but whatever, I'm your sister. But also, like, horror has made some very questionable choices. Do you remember watching Freaks? Nah. It was basically just uh, circus folk. And, you know, it yeah. was so bad because it's like, well, you've placed this as horror. You yeah. Know? And it's just not fair because yeah. these are just people with morphed body parts. Yeah. That's what we used to think was scary. Like, yeah. I would be scared growing up if I saw a midget. They're what just people, wrong? for God's yeah, sake. They're, yeah. They've just got a it's, condition. It's the fear of the other, isn't it? And that's why, like, white people always write about alien colonization because they're afraid uh, another race will come due to them what they did to the other races in the world. Um, and, you know, I remember reading that the whole ideas of zombies and all of that is, is an African myth. And it was based on the, the people who were enslaved and made to work for hours on, um, you know, cotton fields and sugarcane fields and all of that. They were, their faces were devoid of all emotion and they were treated so badly, you know, so that was like a, that was what the story was based on. And so when you read all of that, and of course, like Lovecraft, um, oh, yeah. Lovecraft, you know, he was just awful. Um, have you watched the Love, what is it? Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country? Country? Yeah. Have you said, love I, I've only watched like one or two episodes. It's very interesting. I love that there's like, black actors in it yeah he was a racist dude so racist yeah yeah remember yeah um, yeah i i love that we have discovered uh the two origins of like two big like horror things in this so for whoever is listening look this is an educational podcast well that's it look mom and dad our vampires came into being we discovered how zombies came into being werewolves then, though they, they were real no they weren't um they were just you like, know and this is the other thing that i've discovered recently as well it's like in this whole like horror of the other yeah the werewolf thing is related most closely to gypsies and how they have their animalistic nature mm. because they are pagans right yeah usually and then they started moving along towns people didn't like that no uh, especially white people and um, they made up these stories about them being evil. And so the whole moon thing came into play because they're, again, paganistic people. Yeah, it's just like interesting how all these different horror sort of... Uh, when big, you break it down, yeah. Yeah, when you break it down, they're all interesting. I was researching the idea of, of witches in, in Bengal. One of the big reasons that this whole witch thing became... This idea of uh, not witch, it's a um, 
Oh, I'm forgetting the Hindi word for it as well now. But basically, it's like a they if they had to blame a woman, they would say that she has magical abilities that is more powerful. So they must now get rid of her. And um, that's how the whole like witch culture and witch hunting yeah to be in at least the the same thing in the west as well like the salem witch burnings was like any woman that wasn't arthur miller did a great play on it the crucible but any woman especially you know like men were burnt as witches too but it was predominantly women who were attacked like this and have continued to be attacked like this it's just if you can't control it you like you otherize it you make it a monster so it's easier to kill right like it's yeah and it's easier to to sway people to say oh this horror yeah and, oh, she walks around so then growing the myths started growing like they have uh feet which are back if like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, back to front and like that's how you recognize a, a witch and mm. it's not really a witch it's a supernatural there's a slight supernatural more supernatural element to it it's not Banshee? just no i'm trying to remember what is it called um is it a chidale hey Chudel. Chudel. Yeah, Chudel. Chudel. Yeah. Yeah. A Chudel or, um, and in Bengali, there are other names. So the, mm. uh, there's all these yeah. like uh, weird words for also like similar to sirens or uh, what are the other ones? Romanian legends and things like that, you know, banshees. Yeah. yeah. Anything that they could sort of make women into. So that became that legend. Like, yeah. It's the, it's the horror of and other was, people it, wanting their rights. Yeah. It, it was, it was also, I think, um, a lot of it's deeply misogynistic as well, because everything that we call a woman is underpinned by whether a man wants to sleep with her or not. Yeah. Right. So it's either you're a whore because you're so hot and I want you, but I can't have you. So I'm going to pretend that you're a whore or you're, you know, you're, you're a fat, ugly monster because I'm threatened by your intelligence usually or I'm just trying to let you know that uh, you have no sexual currency with me and you know women are like cool can I eat though because yeah. I don't recall starting this conversation <laughs> I just I just asked you to pass me the salt like that's it <laughs> that's it Chad yeah. um, who hurt you <laughs> that is the question yeah looping back to our conversation yeah so horror massive fan yeah massive part of me has been like up there i still can't shower without facing the door yes yeah i just can't Won't do I it can't. and i yeah. hate shower curtains like yes. i can't stand shower curtains it freaks me out <laughs> yeah yeah and that's so real and it's it's kind of funny how, yeah, obviously, we've got film degrees and we read these kind of things anyway, but like, you know, that scene in Psycho and the movie Psycho itself has been analyzed and broken down so often, but the impact it has on you has never gone away. And like, we've, those primal fears, those primal feelings that it, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of well done. Well, yeah. And, and I mean, like Hitchcock was really in, interesting as a filmmaker as well. Of course, mm. I mean, we remember reading about the Hayes Code and, yeah. and how he circumnavigated that. Like that was genius. Yeah. Like, um, things like yeah. that. So for those of you who don't know, the Hayes Code was this like rules of production. 
but that that, that card was in play for a long time wasn't it yeah yeah it was like the prohibition for the film industry yeah pretty much right. it was 1960 psycho came out but yeah around that time where it was like you know talking. it was like moral policing basically yeah. what you couldn't couldn't do like you couldn't have two people lie on the on the same bed yeah, yeah like were, even if you were showing a married couple right it, things like yeah. that if the scene was situated on a bed then you had to show that the feet was on the ground even if they were sitting on the bed all sorts of these wacko like rules it was basically coming into the the bringing in like a really victorian moral code of it something like they could show everybody drinking and smoking like freaking chimneys i mean the other thing and so that was one part of it and uh, the other parts were related to like how you could show like you couldn't show murder on screen or yeah show like certain things on screen so that's why um, and it was in play i feel during psycho because why he cheated and like it was exceptional the whole thing was to show him so like you don't need to connect the dots that obviously yeah. which I'm a huge fan of as a maker like yeah just leave it up to the imagination people will make that connection he never actually shows you the actual so he there's the the shower scene the which happens behind the curtain where you see yeah. the and then you just see pools of blood and you see yeah. like close-ups of um things face screaming and that's all you see and you're like yes she was killed so yeah yeah massive, massive in terms of charles dickens again hearts yeah also tortured life yeah 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 <laughs> like imagining you're in a charles dickens world i love mrs havisham she's so yeah. old and like mean <laughs> goals goals yeah yeah <laughs> um, yeah all right well hey thank you for um hanging out with us for part one of television raised me um hope you got some very interesting insights into uh, sandy and porno baby sandy and baby porno and uh, <laughs> uh adult sandy and adult porno let me tell you not much not much has no. especially when it comes to pop culture and how it affects us um yes we will be back with part two because, like I said, we had way more to say. So, um, and it shouldn't be shouldn't be too far behind. So, hang out with us. Um, we'll be we'll be releasing episode eight shortly, uh, for which would be part two of Television Race Me. <laughs>